Legends can be now and forever loved by the sun. Loved by the sun. Loved. A very special paper keg podcast. It's finally happening. Legend, Tom Cruise, Dale underscore A, uh, Jonesy loves beer, we're all here, all living hosts of Paper Keg, mm. the graphic novel, the unreleased graphic novel of Legend, you know, we all have heard the rumors, Yeah. so we felt it was time to just... Just do it. Just finally do it. If we can't, uh, if we can't get our hands on the unreleased graphic novel, we might as well do the the film, which is probably pretty close. <laughs> and it's Tom Cruise's August birthday. So. It is. We, we're all we all have we've been counting the days of his August birthday. The thirtieth day anniversary of Tom's last birthday. <laughs> Welcome. You know, this is the Paper Keg Podcast. We're a comic book podcast, and then. Maybe once in a while we'll do a comic book movie episode, and that's this episode. The running joke finally comes full circle. We're going to do a whole episode on the movie Legend, 1985, Ridley Scott. You heard of him? About a young buck called Tom Cruise. Tim Curry. About that guy. Mm. God. Huh? Mia Sarah. Look at her now. Don't even know where I could look now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. What a movie. What a, Where do we even start? <laughs> My gosh. I mean, I know where we... Well, you know where we got to start. Yeah, Jonesy please. can keep it together. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> keep it. Oh, John Anderson. Tangerine Dream. Looks like you're barely keeping it in your pants over there, Dale. Jonesy, what is Legend? Legend is actually two films. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, (laughs) the, The first film... Is what I can only describe as a Legend of Zelda, a Legend of Zelda esque film. We have Princess Lily, a kind of aloof but much beloved uh, ruling member, and she's in the forest with her people, and they kind of treat her like a uh, like a beloved child. You know, you gotta you gotta go out there and man chase, get some princess Lily. Can't spend all your time in nature. Having fun? That's exactly what she does. What her forest friend, Jack, 
Mr. Thomas Cruz himself. And Jack is that Kokiri elven man, friend of elves, if you will. Uh, he's in touch with the nature. And he teaches Dear Lily the language of the animals. And whilst this is going on, the Lord of Darkness himself, Tim Curry, with some of the finest bouncing plastic horns that film can buy. The height of 1984. I mean, the costuming. Uh, when I was a child, this was absolutely terrifying. Uh, I have to I have to interject. I saw this movie way too young and I was scarred mentally. <laughs> yes. So I I this is the first time I've seen this movie since maybe I was like 8 years old or or less. And I remember like, oh gosh, here comes that scene where he raises up the cut-off unicorn. Ugh. Oh boy. I was just nervous. It's tormenting. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. No, I you know, understood. So Tim Curry, The Darkness sends Blix, his beloved Jim Henson-esque goblin, out there to capture the unicorn. <laughs> beloved. <laughs> beloved. There was Jim nothing Henson. beloved about him. <laughs> so, and he's got to kill the unicorns. Because the unicorn, if they do a spell with the unicorn horns, they can uh, eliminate light from the planet, and darkness can just get it on wherever he wants. He can't be, you know, he has to be afraid. So back to our, our dear, lovely couple... Uh, Jack and Lily, you know, she's like, I really would like to see a unicorn. And Jack's like, kind of forbidden, but since I want to lay it down with you, I'm going to show you where they are anyway. So she's able to track the unicorns uh, because of her innocence. And uh, she gets to petting them, even though Jack knows it's forbidden to touch the unicorn. He can't stop he watching. Just, he just unwinds and says, go ahead, pet it, girl. <laughs> and uh, she goes after that horn. And, uh, you know, they kind of break the world. He does not say, go pet it, girl. He is, <laughs> he is weeping in fear yes. that she has <laughs> even thought of the idea of touching this unicorn. Who is synopsizing right now, you or me? Um, Breaking news, last time Jonesy saw this movie, 1993. <laughs> I, know, I just watched it last week. Um, so, you know... She kind of throws her ring and says, cool out, Jack. If you get this ring, we'll get married. Don't even worry about this whole unicorn business. So Jack goes after the ring, and bam, the world is broken. The one unicorn is taken, and the world is in, in like, a wintry hell. <laughs> so My Jack has to uh, rally the elves. Gump, my favorite character. Dale, if you could cue the voice. Jack! Save the unicorns, Jack. <laughs> so, in classic fairy tale manner, Jack solves a riddle with uh, endears himself to Gump and the elves, and they assist him as he goes to save the unicorns, put the world back, and uh, defeat darkness. Switch to the second film, which is about 40 minutes of darkness trying to lay his Mac down and spit some game on Lily. And he just wants it. Gives her a kicky new do, makeover, black outfit with absolutely left nothing to the imagination. And uh, he just lays his groove on her for a, a good half an hour in this film. And uh, she decides she's going to trick him by kind of uh, kind of getting into it herself a little bit. Hmm? <laughs> you know? 
the jack. Horrif- this is a horrifying <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> All right, let me let me wrap this up. So Jack gets some fairy armor, goes after uh, you know the swamp hag, gets his way into the castle, discovers that light itself can destroy darkness. You know, very poetic, and uh, in a very fantasy story way uh, breaks into a feast that darkness is going to hold as he kills the world's light and they reflect a bunch of uh, what do you call those platter silver platter trays a plate a plate a platter what do you a call tra- those platter like plates? I think they're called platters. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I'm not, not going to pretend that tray. I'm in the culinary arts. Uh, so, you know, they're able to kill darkness. The unicorn is restored with his horn. They go off to play together. And uh, Jack gets that ring and maybe, just maybe, gets the heart of the princess. Legend. I told it pretty much the way it happened in the movie, folks. No need to watch it. That was the way it all played out. But seriously, Tim Curry does mack it on Princess Lily for a while. His, I mean, his lines in this movie, specifically to Princess Lily, are some of, I mean, they're legendary. I don't know. Part. There you go. Forgive the pun, but... Compared to the movie in general, I mean, those lines got it going on. I actually have um, a brief scene with the beloved uh, Jim Henson Goblin, Blitz, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Tim Carey. Uh, if we just want to, I'll play a snippet yeah. just to get a taste of sure. just the fun, enjoyable Muppetry with uh, Satan Henson's Muppeteering. Ah, Blix, come closer. You summoned me, Lord Shepard. Love him. Are you not the most loathsome of my goblins? Truly, master. And is your heart black and full of hate? Black as midnight, black as pitch. Blacker than the foulest witch. That is why I have called you here. Just a taste of the good Terrifying. times. Terrifying. Terrifying to a young child. I don't know what my family was thinking when I saw this film. They should be re- they should be reprimanded. Yeah, the, I mean, right off the bat, Blix is... Now, I guess Ridley Scott or whoever envisioned the creatures of the movie. I mean, it's one of the hard, hard most hardcore creature like like you know it's it's I'm going to sound weird when I say this but when you picture a goblin when you picture a swamp hag you know which in real life like there's I mean this is horror movies with goblins and swamp hags can't be probably taken seriously as horror movies but these are like horrific looking <laughs> Yeah. Creatures. I mean, when you picture a goblin, a, a pop, puppet goblin in a movie, you don't picture anything as crazy and horrifying as this. I mean, it's like the from everything from like the greasy, gross hair to 
the just the features on the face and the greasy face. I mean, everything about them are just like it's too gross. realistic. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. It was it was almost like a we. It was the the reverse of a Jim Henson universe, where your Jim Henson hell universe, where these like little creepy goblins. I mean, even that scene that I just played. The goblin is just talking to Tim Curry, his hand, and Tim Curry holds his gross fingernail out to the goblin's uh. nose for, for like two straight minutes, and then the goblin's nose like just touches, and then they change the scene. I don't even understand that scene at all. But this movie was, I watched it, I was just like, what is going on? One of the silliest movies I've ever seen. It's almost like a total art house project film that it felt like to Ridley Scott. Cinematography, through the roof. Gorgeous. I mean, that's all it was, yeah. it felt like. Cinematographer's wet dream. Like, it is just uh, stroking it, the whole movie. But other than that, oof. I mean, This could have been a silent film, I feel like. That's a, that's a really good point, because the set pieces were incredible. Like, it's more specifically, when Jack and Lily, when Jack is calling his familiars over... And teaching Lily how to do the same. You do your D and D references. Just, just the like the the Lily. I don't know the flower fields that they're sitting in are so eye poppingly gorgeous and not, you know non existent like that in real life. Like the plant life is so concentrated and so lush. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, they're just gorgeous, gorgeous set pieces. When he dives into the waterfall, I think you can pretty much tell it's like a soundstage, but. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's hyper quality. It was almost like Ridley Scott walked past two paintings and was like, mm. "I should make a movie out of this," and then that's what was the basis for the film. It was like a hyper realized fantasy fable movie. Like you know, fables and these fantasy stories are fun, but like, what if it was real and yeah. it was really dark? Yes, definitely not the Disney version. Of a fairy yeah. tale. It was definitely like the old Brothers Grimm, The Witch Will Eat You, mm-hmm. which, Throw You in the Oven movie. Which, to the next point I guess I could, I would probably make is, for the all the hyper-realism and the, like, just the gritty nature of the goblins against this backdrop of these beautiful unicorns that, I mean, they look like, when I saw the unicorns on screen, it was like magic, them frolicking in this shallow river and stuff. But the gross goblins and the and the Lord of Darkness and and then you get like the goofy s like the little yeah. the little elfkin with the little pot on his head who falls asleep in the climax of the movie at the top of the tower like there's this real goofy like trying to be funny moments but none of it is actually kind of that funny maybe if I was a kid mm-hmm. I would have thought it was funny but I wouldn't I yeah, couldn't but even if you were but a this kid, is not what are you a kid's even doing movie. watching this yeah movie. I couldn't yeah. watch the movie if I was a kid right. But it's like kid humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like just, Laurel and Hardy stuff. The one who gets shot in the head with an arrow. You think he's dead. You see him literally get shot in the head. Right. And with, then with the creepiest barbed poisonous arrow you've ever seen. Like a, a horror movie. It's a horrific arrow to begin with. <laughs> it's not just an that's arrow. Our, that's our dear friend Blix. Yeah. yeah oh, dear yeah. friend. Fun loving. Much beloved. <laughs> beloved. Historic character, but man, the, Tim Carey in this film stand out. He chewed the scenery 
I would have bet. I would have bet a hundred dollars that it was not Tim Curry in the suit and just the voice. Can I? Can I? Can I have a clip here if I'd like to play a little little exchange Please. between Tim Curry and Princess Lily. Uh, one of one of my my favorites here, and you'll get a gist for the film within the film. I'm not hungry. You lie. <laughs> that laugh. Just to please me. I do nothing for your pleasure. Mm. All I wish is for you to sit and talk with me. Sit? Here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't understand. Sit! Mm. Yes. <laughs> or As you wish. He doesn't it's care how she is. Good lord. We are alone together. Just the two of us. Like, it's working for me right now. I'm oh getting hot and bothered so down here. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. Simple conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty gross right now. He, he's got he the eye He literally rip off his little loin cloth <sighs> at any moment and just be... Inappropriate, and just stamp his hooves. <laughs> but can you imagine the amount of makeup he had to sit through every day to get in that getup? It's terrible. It, it had and to it was be amazing. awful. I mean, experience. I mean, the makeup was great, but yeah. I mean, it's. I it's, can't imagine for such a. I don't know. Kind of maybe, for, for kind of maybe forgetful movie, or just not. It's not even probably high, uh, as highly regarded as, like, to say, Freddy or Jason. But for McFarlane to release, uh, you know, an action figure on the Lord of Darkness, it's like that's how iconic Tim Curry's character is in this movie. Even if nobody else remembers anything else from the movie, mm-hmm. the, the I mean, f- he, he captures it. He, he's almost the protagonist of this film. <laughs> like, like he he's the main character to me. I mean, this whole thing is pivotal about him getting the unicorns, but he just takes command of this film every time he's on screen. I mean, every time he speaks, it's the most interesting thing going on in the movie. Yeah, he had he had two great lines with Princess Lily, and I forget the first line, but the second one, when she's like, damn you, or something, he's like, oh, we're all damned, my lady, or my queen. He He, like, he just calls her my queen, even though it repulses her and she hates... That fact, he just does it anyway, which is great ribbing. Like, he just calls her my queen because he knows it's going to get under her skin and it's going to happen eventually anyway. Oh, um, and back to the kind of the art house thing. It's such a hyper small cast with, you know, the movie takes place on like three sets, tops. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, I mean, I don't, like the budget, the budget was spent somewhere. I'm guessing on the Lord of Darkness because, like, she's a prince, but but she's a princess. But we don't know of what, of who, of what kingdom is she a princess of a wooden shack next to the her neighbor that she visits in the beginning of the movie. She's actually mentally deficient, and everybody she just could entertains be. her. She really could be because I mean that first scene she's in, where she enters the house and starts eating the biscuits, and then the woman says hello to her, and she just kind of stares off at her. Like what is going She's on? She's just with a this playful girl? village idiot that everybody just tolerates. <laughs> oh, 
man, even I mean, right from the get go, and then that house gets frozen with the winter quote wintry hell. The <laughs> goblins run towards that house, and she's up in the attic. Man, that was some scary stuff. Mm. The, I mean, this movie is frightening. I'm just going to come out it, and say it's it really cataclysmically is. frightening to the mind of a child. I mean, the mind of an adult, maybe. I don't yeah. know if it maybe would affect an adult the same way, but maybe I just have some kind of unresolved issues that I need to talk to my therapist about. But this movie was still frightening to me. Yeah, it's it's such a it's so simple with a simple story in the end, but that but the cinematography and Ridley Scott's direction of certain scenes just make it to be like these frightening scenes against this comedic plot that doesn't really even I don't know, you know, it doesn't have any weight to it, but when the, I mean, when the goblins are stalking the unicorns at the beginning to, to when Blix, like, brings the sword down on the unicorn's horn, like, that's all, cr- like, tense, mm-hmm. crazy moments. Like, when they're just watching Lily play with the unicorns and they're in there and they just... And she sang. <laughs> yeah. Mia. That awful Mia, song. Mia, we're going to remove everybody from the set. Don't you worry. You just need to sing. Please, can you just sing the lines? Stop laughing while you're doing it. Cruz looks very pissed. He's beside himself. I picture Dale singing this in his basement on bended knee. <laughs> to Chris Somni as he gets him water and a meal for the night. <laughs> Chris is just crying, asking this. The one other thing, so ignoring her dreadful singing scenes, but Tom Cruise was infatuated for some reason. Gimp. This Gimp character, whose decision was it to voice over this child with Harvey Firestein? I'll, I'll never understand it. Why would anyone befriend this freakish boy with this horrific voice? If I didn't know any better, this this was the the uh, the main villain of the movie, Gimp. I mean, he look. If if you haven't seen this movie, he looks like Malachi from Children of the Corn, with glitter on his face <laughs> and a loincloth, and a, he's like a bard. He has a little violin or a lute he carries with him, at least in the beginning. And if Jack is such a woodsman. How does he not know who Gimp is? How does he not have any... Re- like, does Gimp only come out when unicorns' horns are severed and darkness encroaches? He's... I mean, they're... They do f- nothing more than tell riddles. They frolic I mean, in the same woods together. Jack, I know your name, but you don't know my name. My my question, was it a... And, and who hisses like a cat when in <laughs> trouble? When he hops up on the... T- <laughs> I wonder if Ridley Scott or Tom Cruise came up with the idea that Jack would never be bipedal at all in this film. Just at all times crouched on all Always fours, crouched. hopping like a frog. Oh, man. I kind of felt like he was he was an elf character himself, but they just said, F it. It's Tom Cruise. He's just mm-hmm. going to crouch. Yeah. And we'll just Constantly call him an elf. crouching with his... Yeah. Except in the beginning when he does that forward front flip. Oh, boy, like out, does he. I mean, that's just... <laughs> You just ex- you think you're going to expect that through the whole movie at that point? He sets the precedence. Just of, the one time he's and he's not. It's not like he's jumping over a log, 
or anything. He's just getting ready to walk forward, so he, with his momentum, he just flips forward like an elfin character. And 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 not only that, but the latter stage of the movie, which I was, I, I honestly was ready to shut it off and just call it quits, but he had about eight minutes of him on a table jumping, avoiding someone's sword or axe. And that's liter- that was literally his fight set of moves. Yeah. I'm going to stand <laughs> above you, and I'm going to jump over your, your slashes and kick you in the face. And that's his move again when darkness is that huge obsidian sword, and he's got that broken, like, half blade, and somehow, with no training, holds his own against the Lord of Darkness in a sword fight. And he's also only wearing mesh armor above his waist. Now, his fairy entire- armor. Slim. Let's oh, was be, it, fair? it It was fairy armor. What does that mean? Nothing. It means <laughs> essentially nothing. I mean, his poor bare legs. Well, if it was forged by the fairies, I mean, let's. it's probably got some magical properties. Plus two against Lords of Darkness, maybe. <laughs> Something like this. Una. I mean, if I were Tom, if the I were creepy, Tom Cruise. The creepy Una pixie character when she grows full-sized. And Boy, she, she looks like a sleepwalker. Stephen King sleepwalker. She looks... <laughs> Like a feline woman, very skin and bones, and her hair is just, I mean. She can change her appearance for Tom. I don't know why Tom didn't just say to hell with it. You want to make out with me and the guise of this woman that I love? Let's do it. Yeah, and let's, I mean. Cocaine-addled fairy. Well, she would definitely give it to him, whereas Princess Lily's throwing rings in the water and making him dive after if he's going to get any action. And from dressing step, in lacy lady lingerie for the King of Darkness. Absolutely. She, from step one, she was like, I will do anything you want me to do, Hermit Elf Man. And he was just that's, turned off. That's me. Um, that's his flipping noise. He's like, he's like flipping around back and forth as she's speaking to him. It's almost like when you play Sonic the Hedgehog and the ca- you don't touch the controller for five minutes and the character just does something on his own. That's like what he does. Just sit there and spins. But I mean, if I was Tom and I was filming these scenes in like the sound stages or Yosemite Park, wherever they filmed those big trees, I'd be really questioning things. I'd be, what did I get myself into? How many days are we going to be filming this? Tom, mess? Tom, not enough jumping, Tom. Keep the questions for after. How bad must his little booties smelled at the end of this oh, movie? Oh, man. Those gross. They look like they were made out of human skin. Yeah, they were like some sort of leather wrapped, uh, some pelt of an animal that he probably didn't kill because he calls and talks to animals. But maybe in the rule of the wild, if he's got to eat, he can. But they, I mean, he's got probably, he doesn't have any socks on under those things. He just oh. wraps his feet in mm. those in those mucklucks. That he, they probably just sweat constantly. I mean, he's he's probably got Jonesy level foot whoa. sweat. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't call me into this. My eagle talons are well manicured. Oh my lord! How did we even get onto Legend on the Paper Keg podcast? Dale proper? just randomly queued up the song one time just for S's and G's, and here we are. Well, I mean, when I Legend aside, that song. I mean, I. Legend is very nostalgic for me because of the fantasy setting, and it's, and it's one of the first movies with that setting I've ever seen. And the Lord of Darkness is very iconic. Um, but that, I mean, that song just gets me. I could listen to it on repeat all day long. I love it. I love that song. 
and it i mean and and if any if you listen you probably listen to paper keg if you're listening to this but if i can work in an obscure song that's catchy and will catch on and 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 like break a mood or fit a mood but absurdly so i will play the s out of it how have we not had any willow music oh, i feel man. like that would have been oh, next gosh. or i don't know highlander soundtrack if we haven't done kind. if we don't do willow for the next film <laughs> jonesy's just no jonesy's just like let's do the wolf of wall street next let's do <laughs> jonesy's just we'll just start doing it was movie. a willow divergent. Uh, he he is writing divergent on his little notepad right now as a next paper keg episode uh by the way jonesy I love was, it when Dale jonesy says was the wolf the wolf, wolf, wolf of wall street wolf of wall street Jonesy was spouting off movie ideas for, I mean, we stretched the idea thin enough with two consecutive right. non-comic Tom Cruise movies. And now Tom, Jonesy wants to do, he's shooting, he's like, oh, we got to do this next. We got to do this next. We all I said was Last Samurai, is all I said. No, you did not. You said Man on Fire also was, was your next oh, yeah. suggestion. That was, that was a suggestion. That's true. Just, just to hammer home. This inappropriate relationship between darkness and Lily. One more scene. <laughs> that is the only thing Judsy took away from this movie. He was waiting for them to get I, at it. I have been trolling fanfic sites for some... Let me tell you. <laughs> We're all damned. Yes. <laughs> I hear a throat begging to be covered. <laughs> Anxious to see blood flow. As you are to drink it. Grant your bride one wish this night. We have but to ask. Mm. I will stay here with you as you wish. Literally knocking lamps over with his you-know-what right now. But on one condition. Anything. With his third rubber horn. <laughs> I want to kill the unicorn. You have only but to ask. your days <laughs> and by the and by the way you know those his sound effects just reminded me but Mia Sarah had so many like if you just took her audio extracted from the film where she's just like <laughs> <laughs> like it's so creepy like they must have got the boom mic right up to her Adam's at or her <laughs> woman's Adam's apple I don't know they must have just like they must have had a mic inside of her mouth attached to one of her teeth to pick up that audio, because when she's struggling and in the dress, she's fighting with her inner demon to not want to have the most trying to be flattering but not flattering dress on. Mm-hmm. And she I mean, starts, there had to be a lot of body tape involved in keeping that sucker in place. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's you could literally misinterpret that audio, and you could put it in any kind of tr- no, movie th- track ever. I, I don't think that's a misinterpretation. I think that's there on purpose. But uh, how about that scene in the climactic battle when Lord of Darkness is going to charge her, Tom Cruise, and just oh, the yeah. rubber horns bounce? There's about six inches of give. Yeah, that's that's the biggest shame because before that, the horns are are sold. You know, they sell the horns on on film. But when he starts charging and those suckers start flapping up and down, they they couldn't like make a faux head 
that weighs 300 pounds with hard horns. Yeah. Just for that. Because they only showed his head anyway. Like the, the, the beginning, like the head of uh, American Werewolf in London. They only show the head charging. You just like show the profile side of the Lord of Darkness's head charging. But when the, but, horns, uh, when the horns jam into the wall, that's pretty pretty epic. That should be the grab for the uh, the meta data. Just hard horns before you <laughs> click on to the, uh, the episode. I mean, like, I, guess, right I guess his data? horns were Look better than the unicorns. If we can be honest, no. I mean, I, I that was a ballsy move having unicorns in 1985 frolicking I mean, in a river. Yeah, what did you expect to happen with those horns? What I mean, what did they have? Was it like Scrooged? Did they have to staple these horns to the horses' heads? Uh, they I they mean, probably what, died uh, during filming. They probably did. They probably super glued these horns, or worse, they probably made Tom Cruise's little booties out of the dead horses. <laughs> save budget for that Lord of Darkness suit <laughs> <laughs> and getting John Anderson Tangerine Dream on one of the cuts of the movie Tangerine Tangerine Dreams which Tangerine doesn't even Dreams. appear in the movie you know I was expecting Tangerine right. Dreams to show up ready to go nothing all depends you, you know there were some crazy Jack is invited invaded by a nightmare sequence that we never saw some horrific Fantasia ripoff mm. where he is just attacked by darkness in his sleep that hit the cutting room floor. There's your tangerine nightmare right there. <laughs> because the, well, from what I've read, they they screened the movie with this gentle soundtrack and uh, it didn't test well, so they bring in Tangerine Dream to jack up the soundtrack, you know, make it a little more metal a little more heavy fantasy sounding. Get John Anderson on lyrics. Holy crap. Then you get the gem, Loved by the Sun, that Dale underscore I could listen to repeat. You ask anybody in my office, you could probably pretty much say on and on once every two weeks, I'm, I, I listen to the one song at least one afternoon, if not the whole day. Torture people with it. And only on YouTube, it. you can't buy it. You can't. At least you can't buy the single of it. I don't even know. You could buy I like the ninety dollar out of print soundtrack <laughs> with this one song on it. I picture you calling a conference call at like three in the afternoon mm-hmm. and just troll everybody by just playing the song, and people don't know whether to to mute themselves or jump off the call, and it's just this. Do you want to work with me? Mm. <laughs> we Is everybody dialed in? Is everybody uh, everybody dialed in? <laughs> everybody on the line. There you have it. Possibly the end of the Tom Cruise non-comic, right? Non-comic-related <laughs> episodes. We 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 felt like, I mean, we really should do Legend. We you should give it its due. We get so much love on the show. That's the only reason why we did it. We got to get back to comic book movies after this. Yeah. Sorry, Jonesy. That's all right. It's okay. It's your guy's show. I'm, I'm, I'm you know. Yeah. Do, I was figured out. I internally. was uh, texting Slim about it earlier, and we got it all worked out. So. <laughs> we'll see everybody next time.
that part oh it's like another six minutes 144 or 344 or two four, maybe 244 it's, it's deep where are you at now 330 oh it's coming in 344 I think 